Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, and joining me today, we've got a very special guest. He is the number one NCAA swimming recruit uh, for the class of 2021. He's headed to NC State next year. Uh, he's a senior in high school this year. He broke a Michael Phelps. I'm, I'm he, he jumped Michael Phelps for second place all time in the 15-16 200-yard butterfly uh, as recent as December 14th, 2019. Please welcome Aiden Hayes. Aiden, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Swimming roots uh, go deep. You've been you've been in the swimming game for a long time. One of the only pictures we have of you um, in the Swim Swam database is you as a little kid at at the Mutual of Omaha breakout uh, swim. Was it a was this a clinic or a meet? So this was uh, this was the we have a pro series that we used to do here in Oklahoma that we had split between us and Texas. It's kind of the uh, region eight area. Um, and we had that meet every single year in December and it usually falls after junior nationals. Okay. So, so you're at this pro meet and you're with a, gr- a group of pros. You must, I mean, you can't be older than 12 in this picture, but you're with, you're with Cody Miller, Michael Andrew, Mike Alexandrov, Paul Lee to name a few. Uh, so you're, you're just surrounded by pros, Jimmy Fegan and, uh, and you look it's just like you're just this tiny little kid. Um, tell me about that meet and that experience getting to see all these Olympians. Um, so that was probably like the first time I had seen like anyone other than just local swimmers. So uh, I was 12 years old at the time, still not a good swimmer whatsoever. Um, but they had shown up to that meet and this was our first time. And I really got to meet all those guys and, uh, that was the first time I met Michael Andrew and probably growing up throughout the young swimming career, looking up to someone specifically was probably him, especially in the central zone, just because we saw him all the time there. So that was the first time I met him, but um, I ended up having many, many more meets growing up against him and swimming with him. So that was just kind of the beginning of it. How did, how did getting to see, you know, getting to meet, a kid like Michael Andrew, but then also, you know, getting to see these Olympians, these pros, just how they handle themselves. Did that impact you in any specific way that you remember today? Yeah, uh, most definitely. It's at that time I hadn't really taken, taken swimming super seriously. I was just kind of getting into it. I'd only been swimming for two years at that point and just getting to see like the upper level of things and you know, how cool it is to be one of those guys. Um, that definitely motivated me quite a bit. And um, that meet was probably the turning point in my swimming career where like, not I got serious because I was still only 12 at the time, but um, I definitely started noticing there was something going on with the sport that I actually have to reach goals for. Yeah. And so, so uh, you mentioned, you know, you're from Region 8. I'm also from Region 8. I swam there. I coached there. And as you mentioned, so is Michael Andrew. Um, and, you know, I think that's a hard that's a hard region to grow up in. 
and really have an elite perspective in, I think, because I, let's, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I won't, you don't have to say it. I'll say it. It's not a fast, it's not a fast part of the country yeah, when you compare it to a Texas or a California or a Florida. I mean, the competition just is not the same. Um, and, but, but you did get this opportunity to see these elites and you said that kind of changed you from there. Um, tell me about, you know, go moving forward, how you were able to develop an elite mindset and kind of push yourself to get to that elite level, uh, you know, again, competing in that central region. Yeah. So, um, what you said is completely true. You know, I joked about it a lot, uh, with a lot of people over like just meeting new people in the swimming world. Every time I get to a meet, they're like, Oh, where do you live? And I'm like, yeah, Oklahoma. I mean, the middle of nowhere swimming is absolutely nothing here. Um, and we joke about that all the time, but the biggest thing to actually, um, becoming bigger in the swimming world and trying to better myself as an athlete. Yes. Michael Andrew and pros played a huge part in that, but, um, probably one of the biggest influencers as I was going through club swimming and getting into high school was Patrick Callum. Um, he's up at Michigan right now. Very fast dude. Great guy. Um, was probably, I know for me and several other people, one of the biggest mentors growing up as a kid, uh, in my little age group for swimming, uh, everyone really looked up to him going such fast times. And, uh, just over time, we all grew closer and started, you know, time started getting a little better and then, uh, realized, you know, my swimming career could actually go somewhere, but local guys like him really made a big impact. Then I, that's the, you and Patrick Callen are the two swimmers from Oklahoma. I know, I don't, I don't know if I know any, any other Oklahoma swimmers names. Uh, I might, if I saw him, but you know, he, I'm glad you brought him up cause he does really come to mind and he kind of, you know, again, for his age, he was kind of setting the standard in that central region, um, certainly mid-distance freestyle. And then, um, yeah, it seems like you've kind of picked up the torch. Um, let's, so, so you, you were able to kind of make those steps. Uh, let's talk about, so when we ranked you, when we ranked your class rather in 2019, um, in May of 2019, you were at a 147, 200 fly 4600 fly those are exceedingly respectable times that's that's super fast you were number two on our list but then you go to juniors nationals in uh, winter of 2019 and you you drop what at 140 141 yeah three 141 34 200 fly uh as a 16 year old um that's that's pretty serious stuff uh Tell me about where you were um, in in spring of 2019 versus where you were at that winter juniors meet. So probably that spring before winter juniors, um, we had just come off of, in my opinion, probably one of the worst long course meets I've had in a while. Not really spring, but that summer I had a, um, not what I expected for, for that long course. Um, but luckily enough, it was it was a decent enough meet to get me qualified for the national select camp, and um, that was probably the turning point in my spring season was getting to go there. So not only 
I got to go there and be with a bunch of fast people. You know, I was with Sam, I was with Arsenio, uh, guys like Anthony Grimm. I mean, just about everyone from our class was there because we're all a bunch of short course swimmers. Um, and <laughs> getting to go there and train with everyone else and be there. Um, I had gone into that season, obviously, just I wouldn't say not confident, but looking for confidence, you know, it hadn't really come to me yet considering I was just coming off a bad season. And um, that, that, that camp for me, I came out of there ready to, ready to race anyone. I, I was, that was the turning point in my season. I was, I was ready to go from there. So it really tuned me up well. D- tell tell me a little bit more about that camp. Do you remember a specific set you did really well on or a workout that was like, oh yeah, I killed that or or that killed me? Yeah, so um I've I've been uh like sort of kind of known for going to those camps absolutely uh, biting it. I'm a terrible trainer. <laughs> um I'm I'm really bad at training, especially long course. So you know we're all we're short course all season and I'm not one of the fastest trainers there is so we uh we showed up to the camp and I don't I don't think they're gonna appreciate me outing them like this but uh me Arsenio and Anthony Grimm very first day just get absolutely crushed and have to go into our own lane and start kicking with them because because we couldn't keep up with everyone else um no that was uh that was definitely a very very rough camp to show up to um and I got my butt kicked the entire time uh but stuff like that that's what I really enjoy you know you have to get your butt kicked every single once in a while to get it in gear and uh I think it's really what I needed at the time so that was really helpful to get the floor wiped with me for three days straight absolutely I think you know you have to be exposed to 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 show you what you need to work on absolutely what what was that first what was that first practice that you guys just couldn't handle I mean I've I've had Anthony Grimm on Arsenio is is in your uh NC State freshman class coming in next year uh you know these are these are fast guys it's like you said they're fast short course they're they're not not fast long course but they're very fast short course uh what set just floored you guys what what was yeah so um we were kind of joking about it we had hopped in the water and uh i hadn't really our coach just said it was going to be an easy swim through and like i'd remembered the zone select camp that it was absolutely gut-wrenching the whole time um because they accidentally put me in the mid-distance group then and tried (laughs) to do it again this time um, so we showed up in that first practice, the coach says, yeah, we're just going to have a nice, easy swim through. You know, none of us have done long course in four or five months. Uh, and he slams 8,000 meters down on us in the very first practice we show up. And it, it was uh, not fun. It was not fun to watch either. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 8,000 meters in a, in a let's get accustomed to long course. That's intense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you go to this camp, you come out, you get your butt kicked, but you come out rejuvenated. You're like, okay, I'm ready to go. And it's, that's, you know, it's kind of funny because obviously your hundred flies elite. You have elite speed. You're at, you're in 1950 freestyle 4,600 fly, but, uh, but you go to this juniors meet, you drop a 141 to fly. And like you said, you're, you're a, 
you, you're short course swimmer. Uh, and sometimes sprinters can pull off a 200, but 141, um, what, you know, what, uh, what happened in that fall after the camp to get you to, to, to put together such an elite level mid distance race? Uh, so this probably started at the beginning of my swimming career and I hate to accept it. Um, not, not a lot of people know this, but some people know this. Uh, my coach is my dad. He's one of my coaches. He's a volunteer coach that we have. Um, and then obviously the head coach and stuff like that. But, um, he, uh, he and another one of my coaches had always told me growing up that I was going to be a two flyer or a mid distance swimmer. And uh, you're growing up 13 years old. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. You know, the, the two fly sucks. No, nobody wants to do it. Um, and kind of as the years had gone on, I'm getting sort of faster at it, but I'm just kind of swimming it. Um, and we had got into the beginning of that spring season and I had fly at the very first meet of the season and just gone right on my best time. And, uh, I think a week later or so after that first meet of the season, my dad, uh, we were driving to practice and he had made a joke and he was like, uh, you know, what if you were to try and get down there around the uh, national age group record? And I was like, are you crazy? Like that's, that's absolutely not happening and uh lo and behold i got a, i told you so after juniors so uh yeah no that's a it's an event that we hadn't directly focused on um until about after that first meet we kind of realized you know there's a lot of competition in the hunter fly right now especially ncaa um olympic level stuff like that and we thought maybe our best chance to improve was in the two fly so yeah so you, you you got the i told you so after the swim tell me about going into the swim were you ex you know after after that fall were you expecting to be down there uh at, close to the national age group record or was that still a pretty big surprise to you uh yeah no this is um i've talked about this with my teammates a couple times you know, as you get older, you kind of get in this groove of training and you understand, okay, I can, I can tell where my body's at. I can tell if I'm going to have a good meet. I can tell if I was going to have a good race or not. Um, and I showed up, I think it was that Saturday morning of the meet. And it was probably the first time I'd been actually shocked by a race in a while. Um, we had hopped in for the prelim swim off the 53 the first day. Um, and had won that and we were like okay this could be a decent meet and I uh, I went in there and we, were, we expected to have a pretty smooth early morning prelim swim um, and I, I think I went a 143.5 or something and I got out of the pool went over to my coaches and I was like that was probably the easiest to fly of my life and they were like what are you talking about like you just dropped you know three or four <laughs> seconds um, and we didn't really expect to drop that much. And it was probably, I think I went over to a couple of buddies from the national select camp too. And after that two fly in the morning, it hurt so little. I think I did a 25 cool down and left for the day. Cause I, I think I was that confident in how good it felt. Um, and, you know, we kind of talked about, well, it's going to be harder at nighttime. You know, that's just how it is. It's how it always is. The race hurts more. Um, and we get there 
And I raced that night and I was, you know, I touched the wall and I was shocked. I, I didn't really, we had been training for that goal, but I didn't expect it to actually happen. Um, so we were very pleased with that. You know, um, it was a really big shock, but uh, great race. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great story. Uh, 25 cool down after a smooth 143 in the morning. That's just... <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, so t- tell me a, b- a little bit about your training. You know, as you mentioned, dad's been your coach for uh, a coach of yours for a while. Um, so, so do you, did you start training more mid distance? Were you still kind of working on speed? What's, what's your day to day, um, let's say pre quarantine, um, training wise look like? So we are a club that is not generally, we're not super distance-based, obviously. Um, we're, I wouldn't say we're like USRPT though. We're not super, we are race pace training, but um, we like to venture out at different times in the season into a little bit more yards, a little bit more um, meters, stuff like that. So normally I would say we're probably about a, four to six thousand on average yard practice um but we do a lot of and technique work um throughout a practice there's going to be probably two to three sprint sets um and along with that we're going to have two to three drill sets that's been our focus for a while is be able to sprint for a very long time whether it's on low but keep a good technique that's what we really try to focus on is technique Nice. And so you also mentioned that you're more of a short course swimmer. You guys train short course year round. Um, do you like short course better than long course? Do you even like long course at all? What, uh, and, and, and what do you like about short course? Um, probably, I mean, a little, the most obvious fact about it. I love to abuse underwaters. Um, we, we talked about this um, a long time ago, probably like halfway through last season with uh, one of the coaches I had been talking to for a while. Um, and underwaters are a weapon in short course. We talked about it that way. It's not just something to go through uh, in short course. It's something you can use as a weapon to get faster. Um, and that's, that's why I like short course to some extent, but obviously um, – long course being how you make the national team, um, how you make the Olympic team, Olympic trials, stuff like that. Um, so it's something we've always really worked on. And the focus the past probably year and a half to two years for me is getting stronger so I can become a better swimmer, not just a better turner underwater. Makes sense. That's, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's fair. Uh, and so heading into trials before – um, quarantine hit in, in mid-March. What were you focusing on for your Olympic trials? Um, so the goal for at that time was just to finish up my cuts. Um, our goal throughout all this and still, because um, I'm yet to get a few of them, goal is to get the cuts with using as little of a taper as possible. Um, so my first trials cut that we got – uh, a little while back in Bloomington, we didn't rest for that or anything. Um, and our goal is to get through all of these trials cuts on very little rest and kind of 
I guess, save a taper um, for Olympic trials. Let's, uh, we want to be as fast as possible without using a taper because um, if anything, we want uh, trials to be a breakout meet, not just another taper. Um, that's just kind of the goal. So we, we want to just pick up a few more cuts and then train until then. And so, uh, so tell me about your last six, seven months now. Um, where were you pre-quarantine? Where were you, you know, in early March? And then what, what has your situation looked like? Because everyone's really has been so radically different. Mm-hmm. Um, so pre-quarantine, we were on our way up to the Region 8 sectionals. Um, and it's about a six to seven hour drive from Oklahoma Um, We make the entire drive. Uh, We get there to warm up the day before the meet. um, And we get an email on the way up in the car around 2 p.m. And they were like, hey, there's a possibility that we're not going to swim this weekend. And, you know, everyone at the time were like, oh, whatever, you know. It'll just blow over. We'll swim. Great meet. Sure, something will happen after the meet, but let's just get through the meet. And uh, we had a hotel for – about probably two or three hours. I've got one leg shaved. You know, we're, we're doing a little shaving party and uh, we're sitting there and playing music on the speaker and I get a phone call and they're like, yeah, uh, meet's canceled. And we were just all shocked. Uh, so we went to my coach's room, didn't get to end up finished shaving the rest of my leg or anything. Because like, hey, we're packing it up, heading, uh, heading home tomorrow morning, no meet. And we, uh, we tried to figure out some more meets to go to, but obviously it never worked out with everything shutting down because of the pandemic. And then um, training throughout the pandemic, I would say we've been very, very, very fortunate with everything that's going on. Uh, we got back in the water around early May with uh, heavy, heavy, heavy um, COVID-like guidelines. So we only had two people in each lane in the pool, just split. Um, we did that for probably about a month or two, and then things started to loosen up a little bit. So we had uh, Zoom meetings for dry lands to replace that, um, and we're getting our practices, um, and we stuck with that for a while. And then I would say probably two months ago-ish, um, pretty deep into the long course season, we got not free range of motion to practice in whatever way we want, but we got back to basically a full schedule doing two swim practices a day, weights and dry line. Um, so we were very, very fortunate on that side of things. And now we're kind of running into a bump in the road. Uh, we only have one pool in Norman here that's open to train in, sort of. Um, and it's outdoors and it's getting – Oklahoma is very – up and down weather. So last week it was 40 degrees in the mornings, 60s in the afternoons, and you're trying to swim outside in the morning. You know, it's not uh, not the best thing. So we're hoping we can get an indoor pool open here soon. So, <laughs> yeah, Midwest weather can be very finicky, uh, as you mentioned. And yeah, swimming outdoors Midwest in uh, in fall winter that it just really doesn't work. super well but that that's that's nice it sounded like you did get to do um a lot of a lot of swimming throughout the quarantine which is like you said very fortunate 
um, how, what, what heading into the sectional meet, what did you, how did you think you were going to swim? Were you feeling pretty confident heading into that meet? Uh, yeah, no, we, um, we especially even reflected on this recently with our end of quarantine meet, um, sectionals was hopefully going to be my long course break. Everyone hopes that, um, but we, we had trained really hard and that was probably the best shape I'd ever been in. So at juniors that winter, I had gone 46 with a shave taper and the hunter fly, um, rest and everything. And with the training over the uh, months following, we went to a short course high school state and I had went like 46 two in an old suit, no shave, no taper. So um, we had gotten some good training in and I was in really good shape. Um, and obviously we were hoping it would have went well, would have got all my trials cuts. Um, but to come out of the end of all this, and uh, to get close to all my long course best times like I did uh, two weekends ago at the end of our season meet. You know, that was our goal was just to make it through the pandemic and don't lose your mind. Um, and I, I think we got it done. Okay. That's that uh, I'm, I'm laughing, chuckling to myself, but also like in all seriousness, it's a, that's a great goal. Get through pandemic, not lose your mind. Um, yeah. You, like you said, you made it. Yeah, I, I didn't realize this. You had an end of season meet two weekends ago. Tell me about it. Uh, so it was a little disappointing in the sense that obviously we wanted trials cuts. We're coming up on trials pretty soon. Um, we had one long course day and one short course day. And on the long course day, I'd swim all three of the events. I was trying to get trials in. So that's the two fly, the hunter back, and the 53. Um, didn't get trials in any of them but was, I think I won a best time in the 50 by like 0.01. Um, and then both my other events, I was within like 0.2 or 0.3. Um, so I came out of that day, you know, hindsight's 2020. obviously in the moment after the first day, I was a little disappointed. Um, but after the meet finished, to get through all of, you know, in the nicest way possible to get through all the crap everyone has had to deal with over the past seven, eight months, um, it was tough and to come out still in some sort of shape, um, was very relieving. And then that, uh, that second day of the meet was probably, it was, it was the big day for me. So we, uh, after the first day we went in, uh, for a breaststroke day on the next day. And, uh, that was, that was my pride and joy, you know, brag to it, to all the NC state guys that I'm going to be the breaststroker for our class. <laughs> What, so t tell me about day two. Would you would you swim? What were your times like? Uh, yeah, so we had a uh, two hundred IM and a hundred breasts. The hundred breasts was the first thing, and um, so I don't know if everyone knows this, but I'm a uh, I'm a god awful breaststroker. I mean, it's it's pretty bad, um, and the only way I ever get through breaststroke is just to abuse the walls and just pull out ninety percent of the pool, take three or four strokes, and just get off the wall. Um, and I was joking with one of my buddies who had already been, uh, his best time was like 58 or something. And I was still at 59 double O I was messing with him the whole week leading up to the meet. I was like, I'm going to destroy you in the breaststroke this weekend. Um, and I ended up jumping from a 59 to a 57 and in the nicest way possible, I rubbed it in his face for like two days. 
just making all kinds of breaststroke jokes uh, this past week at practice. I've only been doing breaststroke sets. You know, I'm living it up all I can. Once, once you uh, emerge and are able to enter the breaststroke door, I don't, you, you don't look back. That's a proud moment. <laughs> it's a proud yeah. moment. Uh, that's, that's awesome. A butterflyer becoming a, a pseudo breaststroker. It's that's, that's great to see as a swim fan. Um, so you, you just had your, uh, I guess, you know, end of the season kind of meet sounds like it went well. Um, tell me about, you know, what, what this past week has been like, what, what, uh, what are you looking for out of this senior season of yours? Um, this senior season, one of the, uh, curses we've had here in Oklahoma and we joke about it all the time, uh, but we kind of talked about it already. You know, the only really notable college names so far out of Oklahoma, are uh, me and Patrick at huge D1 colleges. You know, we've got a lot of, um, we've had a lot of people go to like MSU, um, perform really well there. We have a couple of girls from Oklahoma at Kansas right now um, doing really well. But the curse for Oklahoma has been everyone gets extreme senioritis no matter how fast they are. And then they go to college for one year and then they quit swimming. And then, you know, uh, they just never really get through college. Um, so that's something we've always been adamant about is not burning out and staying as mentally healthy as possible um, going into college and going into the senior season. Um, so the goal for the senior season is probably just to go as fast as possible, but not forget, you know, I still have another four years. I'm still going to be committed to those four years. Um, and I want to make sure and show up to college as in shape as possible. Uh, I mean, again, it's a great goal. Uh, being in shape, that seems, that seems reasonable. (laughs) seems doable. Um, let's, let's get into some, some more fun stuff. Do you, do you have a favorite meet you've ever gone to? Uh, and if so, tell me about it. Uh, favorite meet probably was, oh God, I want to say this was short course sectionals three years ago. Um, so Michael Andrew and Michael Chadwick both come to this meet. Um, everyone's kind of watching out, uh, for them at the time. I'm still not, you know, I've talked to Michael Andrew a few times. I'm just some little kid who's trying to swim and get faster. Um, and I believe this is the meet that Michael Andrew, uh, went his 1850 free at like 18 years old. Um, so that was a really big weekend for him. Um, and going to this sectionals, it was probably my first one that I could do decent at the meet at. Um, actually got into three or four A finals with Michael Andrew and got like third or fourth to him. And, you know, I was 13, 14 years old, absolutely just jaw dropping, losing my mind the whole time. But uh, getting to actually race those guys for the first time and uh, kind of realizing, especially in short course, you know, they're a little bit ahead of me, but I could potentially one day, hopefully catch up to those guys, you know, chasing down your idols is probably the most inspiring thing to do in swimming. Um, and I think that's where that meet really started it for me is getting to be in person, seeing really guys race 
and then getting to go race with them. You, it sounds like an awesome meet, you know, kind of, kind of a game changing meet for you. You talked, uh, you said, you know, chasing down your idols and, uh, dude, at this point, your class, your freshman class at NC state, you guys are just chasing down each other. Uh, I've talked to David Curtis, I've talked to Sam Hoover and, you know, you, you guys all had, we we've covered the legendary recruiting trip where you guys all took the trip you guys all committed at similar times. And then, uh, and then like you guys just started exploding. Like Sam, Sam had an amazing meet. You had an amazing meet. Like you guys all had these drop, these jaw dropping times. Um, and I don't, I don't want to gush on it too hard, but it's, it's been fun to watch as a swim fan. What has it been like for you, for, for you guys to, to kind of go back and forth, you know, when, when you guys all committed, you still had two years, until you even got to NC state, you still have a year until you guys actually touch campus. Um, what has it been like to have that competitive edge within that class? Honestly, I'll say it was probably one of the saving graces during out this whole COVID thing, especially, um, cause I came up as a younger swimmer and I swam with all the older guys. So um, they've all graduated recently, except for one guy, because uh, he was one of the Dartmouth swimmers. So he took a gap year this year with the program being cut. Um, And if it wasn't for him, and then I think all the NC State guys, it would have been a rough pandemic. Um, Having those guys, you know, I think the most important thing that we all talk about amongst each other is, you know, I don't care how fast you are coming into the class. Um, everyone is equal. We're all on the same level. Um, we haven't done anything, no matter how fast we are right now, we haven't done anything for NC state yet. Um, we haven't gotten there and proved ourselves yet. And I think that's been our biggest, I would say goal for everyone is just to prove ourselves. I mean, we get done after practice, we'll send, you know, a little text, Hey, had a good practice, you know, kind of little chips to motivate each other here and there. Um, and I think that's been a huge deal is we've all motivated each other throughout this junior to senior year transition. And, and I, I think that's what makes it so cool for me is you guys seem to have a really, a really good bond. And again, you know, staying humble, uh, keeping and keeping each other accountable to that humility of, uh, you know, guys we haven't done anything yet and uh we got to keep our head down and keep moving forward and uh again that's that's something that makes it so exciting um so to 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 finish up our conversation here um you know moving forward you talked about just just being in shape when you get to nc state um over the next couple weeks couple months what are you looking forward to do you have any meets that you are able to do? Are you racing in practice? Um, what, what are your short-term goals just for the foreseeable future? Um, short-term goals right now really are um, get back into shape. We started training again already at the end of last season. Um, and this, I'd probably say in short-term of this entire season right now, everything, um, every single practice over the next, seven months, you know, no matter who you are going into Olympic trials, um, 
every single practice has a purpose, every single stroke, you know, you have to be focusing on something. So I would say this, uh, this season coming up is a very big mental focus on just being in the right headspace. Um, everyone's going to show up at trials this next year. Everyone's going to be physically ready. It just depends if you're mentally ready. We've all had enough time to prepare and be physically ready, but, uh, I think the mental game is going to be a huge part of it for many, many people. Um, and I think that's just probably the biggest goal is just stay in the right state of mind over the next seven months to keep myself focused on where I need to go. Last question. I promise. Uh, <laughs> as you, you know, you, you're talking about um, being mentally ready. The pandemic has obviously taken a huge toll physically obviously mentally for everyone you talked about how the the nc state guys their your class has has really boosted your spirits um through this pandemic right now what are you doing to to train that mental side um in practice outside of practice you know how how are you going to be mentally ready come 2021 olympic trials um the main thing we'll do there is probably just um go into practice every single day. And I learned this from coach uh, a while ago, take it one practice at a time. You know, once, once you have the practice, once you have a meet that you swim anytime over the next seven months, it's all geared towards a bigger purpose. So just to understand that, you know, you can't win them all and it's okay not to go fast right now. We want to be fast in seven months. If we're fast right now, that's great but we want to be fast in seven months. So just to take it one meet at a time, focus on what I need to, and when the meet's over with, go home, watch TV, play video games, you know, just leave it at the pool, leave it all at the pool, um, and in the end, you'll be successful. Well, Aiden, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk with me. I'm so so glad we can make it work and uh, we, could, we could chat about swimming. Thanks for nerding up with me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.